Welcome back to Trending in Education. Very special episode where we're bringing back one of the founders, one of the original participants in Trending in Education, one of the guys who made it all happen back in the day. Brandon Jones is back on the show. Brandon, welcome back to Trending in Education. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be part of a special episode. And yeah. uh, I may have been away for a while, but I've been a listener and still, uh, still got a lot of love for training and education. So yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And podcasting and some other stuff we'll be talking about. You've been busy. Uh, you, I, I have, we have, I have been busy. Yeah, and, and what we wanted to talk about today is very much related to what you've been busy with, which is behavioral health and helping behavioral health practitioners on their journey towards being a psychologist, being a therapist, being a social worker at a company called Triad Behavioral Health. So for folks who may not be familiar with you or familiar with what you're doing now. Can you give a, a quick summary of what, what you're doing now and why it's uh, relevant to a show called Trending in Education? Sure. The one sentence on me is after almost 20 years as a colleague of yours, Mike, at uh, Kaplan Test Prep, I moved over last summer to become the CEO of Triad Behavioral Health. Mm -hmm. That's the one sentence about me. All the rest of the sentence are going to be about what I'm doing, uh, what right, we're right. doing. So uh, Tribe Behavioral Health is today an exam prep and continuing education business in four licensures. So we're serving psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, and counselors. Mm -hmm. uh, soon, coming soon, this may be uh, breaking news on this very show, but coming soon, uh, we're going to be in the applied behavior analysis space, which is uh, practitioners who work with autistic children and families. Mm -hmm. So we are in those five licensures. That's who we are today. We provide exam prep and continuing education for that population. Yep. The, the pivot that we're going through, which I think is a natural development for our organization, is to become a, a more full-service professional services organization in this space. So yep. when you think about what psychologists, social workers, marriage family therapists, counselors, behavior analysts need, yes, they need to get licensed and to stay licensed, but they need a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And so... I believe that we at Triad and the various commercial brands that we operate have the opportunity to provide really needed services for a population that is growing, whose services are in need in all moments, but especially this moment, mm -hmm. and who have needs that I think we can, we can meet. Yep. Yep. And then full disclosure, I think people know this, but both Brandon and I have left Kaplan uh, Test Prep. So this is now, Trending in Education lives on as an independent uh, entity and uh, much love and respect to the folks at uh, Kaplan who helped launch this. But it's exciting for us to be back. We're getting the band back together in a new capacity. And, you know, credit to you that you've been able to ramp into a new space so quickly. And uh, the space itself is, I'm going to go there, it's super zeitgeisty. Like it is, <laughs> it is, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to get a zeitgeisty drop on, yeah, uh, yeah. on my return show. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something I've been covering more on trending in education uh, because it's a parallel trend. Behavioral health, independent of the education and learning aspect of it, is something that already was on the upswing. A lot of it seems to be tied to the self-care, self-improvement movement. There's been some destigmatization around mental health as something negative, as opposed to focusing on your behavioral health is something that all of us really should be doing. And I think it's a, a sharp move by you to get into this space, you know, on the upswing. And then this pandemic happened, which really has been an accelerant 
to many different trends. There's a need for healthcare workers, particularly in the crisis of COVID. If you extend that forward, there will be a longer standing need in many ways for behavioral health professionals to respond to the social isolation, the post-traumatic stress, just the the upheaval for folks who are dealing with anxiety in their lives and folks who are change diverse. It's not an easy time for any of us. We've had a, a number of folks, uh, Russell Glass been on a couple times. Kate Everly Walker was on talking about, you know, live online uh, presence learning, how, how to help schools and uh, help with the remote learning, a really interesting space. We haven't really had someone with a, your podcast background as a founder, but we also haven't had someone who focuses uh, on the practitioner side of the equation. And that's where I really wanted to, to dig in a little bit further. Any top level thoughts on what was already there and then how COVID has, has impacted the professions? And then I think we can get into what we see coming down the road. But I'd love to get your perspective since you've had a crash course prior to the pandemic. And then as someone leading an organization, a behavioral health organization through this time, I'd love to get your perspective on, on how things have shifted. Yeah, I, I thought I had a, a steep learning curve starting in August of last year, and then all of a sudden, uh, February, March showed up. Yeah, I think high level, I, I don't think this is an overstatement to say that this is the most important and most disrupted period in the history of behavioral mental health. Mm-hmm. That's some highfalutin language, but I think it's right. Right. So and when you think about, and you mentioned some of this already, Mike, but when you think about what kind of care is needed? So you think about people, just people in the world, that's, that's the community that behavioral mental health serves, obviously, is the world at large. Mm-hmm. The people dealing with job loss, family loss and not being able to grieve, mm-hmm. changing family dynamics mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Right. Other social dynamics is, as, our, as our personal bubbles have shrunk pretty materially, mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse, domestic violence, yes. the, the, the things that unfortunately are at risk of coming out in a moment like this. Mm-hmm. All of those issues, some are obviously more acute than others, but but all those, the general anxiety, depression, yeah. uh, there's an opportunity for a real need for care. Mm-hmm. So what the community who behavioral mental health practitioner community serves, what that community needs is, is intense in this moment. Yeah. So it, it's what the world needs. And then on the disrupted side, how that care is going to be delivered. So right, the, right. the big shift, and I know you talked about this, uh, as I mentioned, I'm still a listener. I listened to the, the Ross Glass uh, episode. Uh, I guess two more times on the show, he's going to get a, a jacket. Uh, I still need to send him the refrigerator magnet. And, and, and <laughs> you right. as well. So I need your address. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Drop it at the, the, with the doorman. Yeah, I know you talked with, with Russ about telehealth, but just to, to spend a, uh, maybe another minute on that in terms of uh, how that is going to change. And that's going to mm-hmm. set up a, a conversation we can have about practitioner needs. So the, the move to telehealth has been just dramatic. I've, I've been talking to, from I see a lot of people who are in the industry and, and a number of them have said, and this is one specific quote, that the telehealth has come forward 10 years in the last three months. Yep. So this was a trend to, to the point you made before. There's a trend that, that the world was on, mm-hmm. but it was accelerated out of need, necessity is a mother, and yeah. it, it really accelerated that trend. So. You know, th- three things, I'm sure folks know that the move to tele, but three things that are, are specifically noteworthy. One, televisits are now paid the same as an office, uh, as an office visit. Right. And 
I think it's Im, Im, important to know it's it's not all follow the money. It's not all the wire. Although we liked uh, when we were jamming on this more regularly, that was yeah. a, an oft-quoted show. But, Stringer, um, Stringer Bell, much, much Omar. You know, that man's got a that's guy. Omar's coming. Yeah. So yeah. had to work a wire reference in even to telehealth. I guess we're on the wire. There's another. There you one. go. Yeah. Yeah. It, until that was the case where televisits were paid paid to practitioners, paid to providers less than than office visits, that was going to was gonna curb this trend. Right. Uh, so that's one. Second is the relaxation of HIPAA requirements, including what platform people are using. Essentially, now you can use any semi-secure platform mm-hmm. to deliver your telehealth. Mm-hmm. And then third is a relaxation of, of some state licensure requirements. So right. as an example, in the state of Indiana now, you can practice if you are licensed in any state. Mm-hmm. So that was the the intent there is Indiana has a, border, has a, has a lot of states that border it and and a lot of communities where if you don't live in the same state where you used to practice or where right. your community lives, that's a need. But now if you are anywhere, you can practice everywhere in Indiana. Those are three sea changes for this space. And I do think that there likely will be a tightening of some of these regs, particularly around state licensures. State licensing, licensure boards within states are variously strong, as are the state legislatures, as are the governors. Right. That one is likely to be restricted. Some HIPAA requirements are probably going to come back into place. But as a headline, tele isn't going anywhere. Once once this population has had the convenience of therapists coming into their home via Zoom or Skype or anything. Right. Uh, the incentive is is really not there for them to, to go back and drive to their office. Exactly. So really disruptive, but also a, a huge opportunity for behavioral health practitioners who are digitally ready. So it reminds me of, you know, we've talked a lot about the emergency remote teaching. So some faculty, some K-12 educators can lean in and thrive in the new normal and they're going to really have an, an advantage over those who are not as digitally ready. I think, you know, it's interesting as I was thinking about this show, telehealth has some constraints. Telemedicine has some constraints because uh, you can't physically examine the patient in the same way. But when you think about telemental health, you can get pretty close to parity aside from the feeling of being in the same physical space. But you get pretty close in a Zoom room and a lot of these other technologies that are emerging. So I, I think there is a huge growth potential if you think about the, the broader field. And that's why as a trend spotting show and, and also with an audience who may be, we're all impacted by this pandemic in different ways. Careers are being upended. Folks are trying to think, you know, also if you're early career, you're trying to figure out how do I chart my path? You know, the idea of online education and behavioral health. So online education, behavioral health, and then uh, as a practitioner in behavioral health, the flexibility and demand that will be out there for the foreseeable future for telemental health. Those trends are huge, I would say. And I'd love to get your perspective on how Triad is positioned to help Aspiring practitioners help current practitioners really thrive through this. And then also I'd like to get into a little more of your outreach efforts to the broader population to educate them on what behavioral health is. So, so let's begin sure. more on, on the first front. Where are you positioned to kind of help lean in to help practitioners navigate the complexity that we're seeing? 
Yeah, there's a couple things to unpack there. I, I also, let me talk first about existing practitioners. Sure. So, you know, the, the change that we've been talking about in, in terms of what the community needs and then how that care is going to be delivered, that's a big change that presents both opportunity and challenge uh, for the practitioners themselves. Two things. One, I, I was talking to the lead psychiatrist at LA Care, which is a managed care plan that has 2 million people mm-hmm. in, in the LA area on it, Medicaid mostly. And you know, he was talking about the need in the moment that we're in now, where, where it's all moving to tele, to be reskilled, upskilled for you know physicians and therapists to be able to deliver that same kind of care through a different environment. That's it's a non-trivial difference. How do you make an emotional connection mm-hmm. through Zoom? You know, you're now talking to a patient who is crying in her bathroom, pointing her hat out to you is very different yeah. than someone who is doing that same thing in the controlled confines of your office. Right, right. And an, another uh, fact, so one out of every, one out of four psychologists in the U.S. is 65 or older. Oh, wow. So we think about that and not, there's no old dogs, new tricks commentary here. It's just right. the practitioner population has been delivering care by and large the same way for a long time. Right. When you think about, you know, 10,000 hours to, to build expertise, mm-hmm. they've logged their 10,000 hours one way and all right. of a sudden it's a new way. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the ways in which Triad is positioned to serve this community is, is through online education. When you think about today, we happen to deliver exam prep and continue education, but agnostic of the specific content we deliver, what we are is essentially an at scale digital education provider. Right. And pumping new content through our existing tracks, reaching the population we already reach. And, and, and we have a, a big reach. We serve 27,000 students a year, and these are pre-professional and, post, and post-licensure professionals. That, that may not sound like a, a big number if you don't know the denominator. The space is not very big. So yeah, the, yeah. the total number of psychologists, social workers, marriage and family therapists, and counselors who get licensed every year is about 60,000. So it, we've got a big part of this population already coming through our services. We're already reaching them. Their new needs, I think, can be met by some mm-hmm. of our new Yeah, so that, yeah. So that's, that's one is mm-hmm. there is a, and I know you talk, of, we've talked, <laughs> I, I am an OG, as you mentioned, uh, you've talked, we talked a lot about upskilling, reskilling, multiple careers, Right. This is this is an acute moment for that, obviously, for mm-hmm. uh, for the pr- practitioner community. Right. The second is about jobs in the space. So you know, you mentioned the sort of the people who are listeners here thinking about digital education, upskilling, and their own careers. And and I imagine there are people who are listening right now who, unfortunately, they or a spouse or a partner or a friend has been. Mm-hmm disrupted as has had job loss of their own. And, mm-hmm. and it's, this is a hard moment for sure. There is going to be a need in this space and mm-hmm. it's for licensed professionals, but also for non-licensed certificate bearing professionals, mm-hmm. behavioral health coaches, mm-hmm. registered behavior technicians, substance abuse counselors. Yep. When I think about behavioral and mental health, again, the way we are in the space right now, the licensures may be small, but the space is, is growing and growing quickly. Um, I was talking again, another conversation about a suicide hotline in California has had 7,000% increase in call volume since March 15th. So that's in most cases, the people who are taking those calls, they are not 
psychologists, mm-hmm. right? They're case managers yeah. or crisis managers. And so there's going to be a whole set of opportunities in this space where you can do well doing good. Yeah. You know, those, every time someone picks up a, a, a call, that, that is a, a really important person on the other end of the line, mm-hmm. right? And that's true for really all of these moments. There's a lot of both acute and chronic need in mental health, yeah. both of those things. And I think there is an opportunity for people who are inspired, whether they've been touched by behavioral mental health themselves or in their, in their network uh, and are interested in, in getting into learning more. I think there is a real need and opportunity for, for that in the market today. Yeah. And it's really interesting when you talk about the 10 years of acceleration in three months, when it's acceleration against a trend that was already on the positive side around reacting to the behavioral health problems that are out there. It's going to be fascinating to see organizations like Triad and individuals demonstrate their ability to pivot quickly and be experimental and try new things. And I know you haven't been there uh, at Triad terribly long, but you have been trying to affect some change even within that organization. One thing that I wanted to make sure we did talk about, one of those changes is launching a podcast. Is that correct? Sure, sure have. I will spend a few minutes jamming on that just to, to, to put that in context for what we're trying to do at Triad. As I mentioned, we're going through an organizational shift from being one thing to being something else. Mm-hmm. So we've been historically an exam prep and continuing education company we're now reimagining ourselves as a a more fully future professional services organization. And to do so, we need to change our relationship with our customers. So it has often been, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's just not what our future is. It has been transactional, Mm -hmm. single moment in time engagements where someone's in our network for six or nine months and Mm -hmm. then they're coming out and then maybe two years later when they need continue education, they're coming back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to change that. So the podcast is really just one manifestation of what we're trying to do in terms of, if you'll permit me, our purpose, mission, and strategy at, at Triad, our purpose, we help people help people. Our mission, we're serving the behavioral and mental health practitioner community from undergrad to uh, professional, that's a practitioner. And um, how we're doing it is providing a through line of multiple services throughout their career. Right. And, and so when you think about that, the podcast fits neatly into what our purpose is, our vision is. Mm-hmm. It's not an also ran because I like podcasts. It's really an important part of and thematic of our shift in, in how we're approaching the market. Yeah. And the name of the podcast is? Behavioral Health Today. Right. And full disclosure, I did help get the thing off the ground. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. So I'm contractually obligated to say that now. <laughs> and, and for any listeners out there who want to get a podcast going for their brand, reach out uh, to Mike at Palmer Media. That's one of the things I'm trying to do. But the host of the show is a gentleman named uh, Graham Taylor. And we're going to play some sound, two separate clips at different times in this this conversation. One is more about this specific moment in time where Graham is helping us understand how folks are navigating the psychological trauma of the COVID response. And then the show is not just about that, although because of these external trends, because of the collective zeitgeist that we're in, obviously a lot of the shows are gonna be talking about uh, COVID, but there's broader behavioral health themes that are also being surfaced and are gonna need to be addressed over time 
And I will say, folks will be able to hear it themselves. Graham is really a wonderful host. And we have a first clip here of Graham talking about some of the psychological trauma that folks are facing around COVID and how they're responding. So let's have a listen. We're addressing a really unique and unprecedented event in our nation and our world's history. We're talking about the coronavirus. We're going through the existential fears and grief. And what we tried to do is to create some meaning for what's going on. And mm -hmm. if we can create some meaning, we can get some understanding. Understanding allows us to kind of move into a place of control and then decision-making, right. going from kind of a reactive state to an action state. I was reading a sports psychologist the other day, Michael Gervais. He's a very well-known sports psychologist. And he was talking about how resilience is like bounce, but it's not just bounce, it's bouncing forward. Mm -hmm. This idea that if when we hit hard times, it's about learning how to adapt, even yes. thrive. And what you mentioned earlier that we're gonna talk about in our podcast today are ways that we can be intentional about this pandemic time, such that we can thrive, yeah. we can grow. Great stuff there from Graham. Behavioral Health Today, seems to be scratching the surface of some real upside here. So any other thoughts uh, from you on, on what you're trying to accomplish there and, and what the, the nature of the show is? Yeah, a few things. I, first, I am not contractually obligated to say this, but just to, to, to add a boy and thank you. You were very helpful in getting this launched. Thank you for that. I think for folks who, who are listeners here who want to hear Mike's voice on a few episodes and a couple in, in a different channel. Check us out. Yeah, so so behavioral health today, I'll talk about Graham in a second, but just writ large, it is intended to meet the needs of both the behavioral mental health professional community, but also reach a, a broader, uh, making air quotes, good form factor here, but a broader uh, lay population. So mm -hmm. really anyone who is interested in behavioral mental health, which I, I would push the training education listeners to say is something like all of you mm -hmm. could or should be. This is a moment in time where each of us in our own ways and certainly in our, in our extended networks has behavioral mental health uh, needs and opportunities. Give it a listen. I, I think just as a, a person, obviously I have a, a, a vested interest and a bias here, but I, I personally also taking off my CEO hat and just having my Head. I have really liked listening to you at to, to a number of these episodes. So, yeah. And, and also um, launching it through this pandemic was really a profound experience for me. And that's where Graham was, you know, I had the benefit of getting, you know, 50 minutes with Graham every week when the show was launching, which in other contexts, I would have to be paying him for his services. <laughs> that's right. That's but, right. But there is some comfort and solace that people can find by listening to experts and folks with, with a depth of clinical experience talk about things that are relevant in a way that, that I think is very conversational and engaging. So yeah, you were going to, you're going to uh, talk a little bit about Graham maybe as well. Yeah, I, I, I will in one sec, just one other note, you know, the, the, you mentioned the sort of launching this through COVID and, and you said this, but we've tried to have both COVID specific shows mm -hmm which we've typically just for, for listeners in case you want to check us out again, behavioral health today, we've been dropping as, as extras on, uh, on Thursdays, typical show releases on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And, and there we've been trying to keep it. I don't know. I would say it's 100% COVID free, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that there are underlying needs for the professional and larger community at large in the behavioral mental health space that, yes, are impacted by COVID or maybe accelerated or maybe more acute by COVID, but are going to be here when, hopefully soon, but whenever COVID is 
a thing our kids are telling kids about, they're still mm-hmm. going to be behavioral mental health needs. And so we're trying to, to, to have a, a stream in the pod that is really evergreen mm-hmm. uh, and, and intended to, to reach that. So that's been our approach. And, and Graham Taylor is a licensed clinical psychologist. He has 25 years of experience in hospitals and private practice. And he's, he's great. He is someone who works for Triad Behavioral Health. He's our chief learning officer. So he has a lot of experience on the education side as mm-hmm. well. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our commercial brands, the Taylor Study Method, he is the Taylor and the Taylor Study Method. So yeah. has uh, experience connecting with students and learners, which I think it's, it's adjacent to uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, you have to be really good at listening and conveying mm-hmm. uh, information as a, as a therapist and as an instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had his uh, one foot in both of those worlds for for the past twenty five years. And we have a quick clip of the podcast with Graham interviewing Dr. Kristen Wilkinson about step families and what it's like to grow up in a step family. So let's have a listen. You know, we're talking today about the complexities of step families and step parent experience. Absolutely. It can have different meanings for different families. I think nowadays it's, it's not just this idea of divorce. I don't think marriage has to be a part of the situation to call it a step family. I think it could also include, you know, bringing children together who have different parents, even bringing maybe even adopted children into the mix. I've been a stepchild for, you know, in terms of my earliest childhood memories. So this is very personal to me. When you're working with step families as they're coming together, what are some of the things that you talk about? I think right out the gate to be able to talk to these parents and then subsequently step parents about how can you start being honest with the kids? I think even in the terms of normalizing to also normalize the fact that you don't have to be best friends with the non-custodial biological parent and that there might be challenges. You're not going to change them as a person. And so kind of ride that wave as it comes. I love to give folks some real hope that step families can be very rewarding if I could just maybe kind of push you a little bit around your experience. You started off being very candid and transparent today, and I appreciate that. Your experience of being in a blended family. I, I think that's a great question. And, you know, when I reflect on that, I just think of there's, there's more people there to love you. Yes. There's, there's more people that can be on your corner. Great stuff. Nice to get a taste of what's coming uh, down the pike. Here we pick up again with my interview with Brandon. And just to, to, to piggyback on your previous point, I think everyone who's producing content nowadays is struggling with the same challenge you're describing, where on the one hand, we want to be in this moment, even in terms of almost a, a journalistic, historically relevant context, where years from now, people will want to reflect back on what was it like when the pandemic was happening. So I think there's a real service that is being provided uh, both in real time to those of us who are enduring this and figuring out how to find solace and, and a path forward right now. But I also think historically, this will be a, an amazing time to look back on for lessons learned and also just for historical context. So, so I think that aspect of the show is hugely relevant really on both those fronts. But then the behavioral health component, a lot of the stuff that's talked about, for example, talking about resilience as it relates to the, the pandemic, 
resilience is also something that just relates to being human and being healthy and finding meaning in your life and being able to chart a positive path for yourself. That's really powerful. As much as I, I love what I'm doing here, talk about learning and, and sort of the pro-social aspects of, of trying to understand what's emerging and trying to you know, maintain hope and inspiration around where things are headed, there's almost an even more fundamental value prop around the, the behavioral health of all of us. And that's why I wanted to get you on the show. And I open invite, obviously, just to talk about anything, but open invite to you and Graham and other folks in your network. It's also been nice while getting this off the ground to be able to use a format similar to this, where it's not just about Graham, it's also about the guests and the diversity of voices, uh, both within Triad and outside of it, which I think is really powerful. I think you're doing good by doing this. And for listeners to this show, it's in a similar vein. It's got a similar uh, mission. And then in some ways, an even more relevant or as relevant a core subject matter in behavioral health. So so I would really recommend it. Even though sadly, I'm no longer a voice on the show. I'm just a listener. But uh, but yeah, I I think it's a real credit to you to, to have the vision to A, move to behavioral health, focus on the practitioner, and then launch something that hopefully has some appeal to the general population as well. We're coming up on time. I think that was a, a full-throated endorsement of- I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate of, your support of, and your endorsement. Of behavioral health today and of the potential of these, these types of things for brands to kind of get out there and modernize and be relevant outside of your, your traditional business model. But we're coming up on time. We always like to ask our guests- what do you see further down on the horizon? So how are you thinking about the future? Obviously, it's a very difficult time to forecast, but are there broader trends emerging? Are there thoughts you have as you're leading an organization and as you're trying to get out ahead of what's coming down the pike? What's capturing your your attention these days? Yeah, this may be restating what we've already covered, but just to put a bow on it, mm-hmm. huge and disruptive change in how care is consumed and delivered. Mm-hmm changing needs of that workforce, both in terms of what those roles are, how many of them there are in terms of behavioral mental health professionals, Mm -hmm. and their educational needs in terms of getting them upskilled and reskilled. Those related trends, a network of trends, is going to provide opportunities for organizations like Triad uh, and others in this space. We have a number of of partners who are trying to to buckle up our services with to move things forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you know, if, if we can come out of this a more mental health aware, behavioral health aware, and with better services that address those both acute and chronic needs real time, if we come out of this moment with that outcome, mm-hmm. I think there will be some silver lining in this in this cloud. So I'm really excited about the, the direction that we're moving in. Obviously, I'm not excited about the experience that has gotten us here, but I'm excited the direction that we're moving societally around this space in behavioral mental health and in what we're doing at, at Triad Behavioral Health. Awesome. Uh, reminds me of the, the Fred Rogers uh, quote, in a time of crisis, look for the helpers. And some of the real critical helpers these days are the behavioral health professionals. So just like we like to thank teachers for their service, and we're very conscious of the frontline workers who are doing incredible work these days, you know, take a moment to reflect on the the contribution of behavioral health workers and also those who are helping them on their journey. 
really powerful stuff. And, you know, friend of the show, founding member, Brandon Jones, and now CEO of Triad Behavioral Health. Thanks very much for joining us on Trending in Education. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here and uh, looking forward to listening and hopefully coming back on in the future. Awesome. And uh, for our listeners, we'll be back again soon on Trending in Education. Thank you.